Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Journeys, not the shoe store and also not the ones that tell you to keep believing. Um, I'm here today with the lovely Kay Montez. How are you today? I'm lovely. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Now I kind of, uh, I kind of messed up a little bit on the last one where I didn't ask pronouns mm-hmm. uh, first and I, I'm I kind of like said your pronouns already mm-hmm. on my last podcast, um, but I'd like to get your pronouns now. Yes, I am trans, a transgender woman and I go by she and her. All right, she and her pronouns. Yes. And um, how long have you been, uh, I guess, out? How long have you been living your true life? Um, it depends on which time in my life you're talking about. Oh, there were multiple times. Yes. Um, I like to say that there were a few times I had to stop what I was doing to survive. But um, technically, I realized I was trans around 16 uh, is when I knew what it was called. But I always knew before that, during middle school, that I was different from everyone else. But I didn't know what it was called until I was about 16. Around 2021, I started hormones. um, But in my junior and senior year of high school, I had actually transitioned full time, but couldn't gain employment. So I had to stop. 2021, I started hormones, transitioned again, had to stop because I couldn't get employment, Um, waited a few years, ended up at the job that I'm at now, been there for 12 years, and about maybe four or five years ago, I decided to make this a decision and just go for it. So I've been full-time for about maybe three, four years. Okay, that's... Give or take. That's about the same amount of time as me. Yeah, give or take. Like around 2015? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, the jobs that you were trying to, to get, they, they literally would not hire you because you were trans? Well, I was at... I was Originally, I was working at McDonald's um, during my high school years. And when I had transitioned to full-time in my junior and senior year, um, I was actually terminated from McDonald's because of me being trans and the manager actually came up to me and told me that you know I hired a boy not a girl oh my god Mm -hmm. so and this wasn't the manager this was actually the owners of this branch of McDonald's oh not even just like the managers yeah it was the owner yes wow that's wow I I wouldn't imagine McDonald's being not diverse Mm -hmm. I mean but I guess... But this was years ago. Oh, true. You know, I'm 36 now, so this was when I was, oh my God, 19, 20. Okay. You know, so this was a long time ago, before we have all the advances that we have now, you know. Okay. Um, and what other jobs, like, what, was there anything else that, that happened in any of the other jobs that kind of kept you from... So, once I got terminated from McDonald's, um, I had applied to several other jobs in my true identity. And I was getting reject, rejected everywhere I went. Any store that I went, I was being rejected. Um, it wasn't until I detransitioned that I was able to find employment. And I actually became a CNA. Okay. And I began working at a nursing home in West Effort. Worked there for a few years. Uh, ended up going to another nursing home that was a bit closer. Made a little bit more money. Um, I transitioned there again as well, but um, once I left there, it was very difficult to leave that place and to find employment. Detransitioned again, and then I found employment uh, at the facility that I'm at now. And, um, you know, I worked there a few years, made sure that I had several years underneath my belt with, you know, a good reputation, um, excellent evaluations throughout the years. And then I decided that... um, you know, okay, it's time for me to transition. You you did a lot of things. You're in school. You're in college. Um, you need to start living your life for yourself. So I made it a point to transition. And the job that I'm at now is actually really accepting and open-minded. Now, when what led up? Like, what thoughts, what feelings, or whatever really led up to that first time? Like, did you notice... <sighs> How early did you know? Did you say you, you were 16 when you I first I was 16 when I realized I knew what I what it was called. Okay. I when cuz I knew I was always different. Okay. I didn't know that. I I used to I growing up I used to pray to God that I would wake up and be a girl. 
I would, I mean, I would pray until I cried. Mm-hmm. And then every morning I was met with this disappointment. So, it, and then I would compromise, like, okay, God, well, if you're not going to make me a girl, you know, just make me okay to be a boy. Make me, make me accept it and make me not have these feelings. And, and still, I would wake up the next morning and, and still have the same feelings. And I, I would cry myself to sleep at times. Um, again, I didn't know what it was called. I just knew that I wanted to be a girl. I should have been a girl. Yeah. Um, and this was always since middle school right pre-k i remember my mom telling me that she was used to always have to correct me um because i would tell her that you know i was a girl and she's just like no you're a boy and this is you know i'm a little kid a toddler yeah you know talking things like that i'm like no no no, i'm a girl and she's just like no you're a boy yeah boy you need to realize you're a boy yeah um but again, I didn't know it was called until I was about 16 years old and I went to this facility um, that had a support group called Area Health Education Center. Okay. It's here in Camden. And um, a trans woman by the name of Mikhail, uh, who passed away, unfortunately, oh. um, came in to, uh, was introduced to the group because she was going to start facilitating the group. And um, it just, it was like, a halo was over her head because <laughs> I didn't know that you could transition. Yeah. I didn't know that you could, um, you could change your, your gender identity. I didn't know that because everybody had t- words telling me that it was wrong, that it, you know, it was, um, it was inappropriate. You know, you're not supposed to do that. You it's can't do you that. Are. It's not who you are, blah, blah, blah. It goes against God and, and everything under the sun I was told. And then I saw this, you know, this black goddess come in and she's like, she's trans. Yeah. And then when she told her story and shared her story, I just gravitated to her and I'm just like, Oh my God, that's me. Yeah. You know? And that's when I realized what being trans was. And that's when I, I, I knew I could put a label onto what it is that I was feeling and what I was. It's amazing the people that come into our lives mm-hmm. in the moments that we really actually mm-hmm. need them. That's great. And it's also important to point out that when I was 16, I didn't uh, know that, you know, I didn't know what it was called. Um, I didn't know what being trans was or transitioning was. But during that period in my life, I was very suicidal. I was lost. I felt lost. I felt like, you know, God had abandoned me in some way shape or form because you know you you have all these people who god says this god says that like i've never in my life met or or realized how much how many people speak for god like it's absolutely crazy yeah you know like oh we didn't know you were a prophet yes everyone's a prophet (laughs) everyone knows what god wants like thanks joan everyone and i'm sitting there like well well why isn't god talking to me you know (laughs) like but I was very suicidal and I was very, um, I was very hurt and, and broken and suffering from depression. And then when I, you know, met Mikhail and, and I realized what trans was, I was, it helped me to put a label onto what I was feeling and it helped me to find, um, it helped me to educate myself and it helped me to, to find a path to completing myself. Okay. So that was a, a, huge turning point in my life okay and that was from 16 to about you said uh like 32 that you like you started living yeah well off and on i would transition and had to stop for work repurposes um mm-hmm. but i had always been on hormones since i was in my early 20s since about 2021 I, I had been on hormones okay so i've been on hormones for now 16 years okay um yeah, sixteen years. And do you do uh, do you do the pills? Because there's the, the yes. Okay. So a few years ago, I had an orchiectomy. Okay. Um, you want to explain what that is? Sure. So an orchiectomy, orchi means testicles. Mm-hmm. Ectomy means removal. So an orchiectomy is just literally removal, removal of testicles. Okay. Um, I had that a few years ago, and then I ended up going through or experiencing menopause. Okay. <laughs> So, so going to my doctor at the Mazzoni Center and, um, you know, coming to him with all my symptoms of, of hot flashes, cold flashes, uh, sleeping all day, mood swings, laughing out of the blue, crying out of the blue, um, 
you know, he's just like, oh, yeah, you need a little bit of testosterone in your system. So, um, I, so he had to put me on testosterone even though I was fighting him. Oh, wow. How, must, how, how was that for you, like, emotionally to know that you had to take the hormone that you were fighting so hard exactly. against? Exactly. Well, it was, it, it hurt because I had just spent all this money, you know, in Michigan to have an orchiectomy. Like, uh-huh. I literally jumped through hoops to have this procedure done yeah. to eliminate testosterone in my system. And here I go, you're telling me you have to put the shit back in me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? And then he kind of broke it down. He's just like, you know, do you want the mood swings? Do you want the hot and cold flashes? Do you want the sleepless nights? The always being tired? Do you want that? Or do you want a little bit of testosterone in your system that's going to make you feel better? Yeah. And it made sense. Yeah. So he um, he gave me some testosterone. And I take, uh, once a day I take a pill form testosterone. Okay. And then uh, twice a day I take my estradiol. Okay. Two milligrams. So, no shots for you. No shots. I, I'm beyond shots. Um, well, and I, I say that because they w- they no longer have an effect on me. Like, okay. my body is transitioned as far as it's going to transition. Um, so, to take shots would be just to, for what? Okay. When now it's just maintenance work. Now it's just making sure that I have the estrogen in my body to function. Um, you know, uh, to maintain what I have already versus... You know, because if I stop all my hormones now, then I kind of like just fall flat and have nothing in me. And, yeah. You know, your body can't function without hormones. True. So, which is the crazy thing because my body started producing more testosterone and oh. then it was combating everything else that I was putting into my body. So then uh, they had to put me on finasteride. Oh. And with the finasteride and the spiral combined, Oh my God, it was non-existent. Like my body was just like, okay, you win. <laughs> you win. It's okay. Like the, like the Captain Planet of testosterone blockers. Yeah, it was just, it was absolutely crazy. And it was just my body. But then the other crazy thing was is that I had, even though I was taking such a low dose of estrogen as well, because the spiral and finesse I were working, my body was producing more estrogen. So... <laughs> You couldn't win. My my body was just so conflicted. It was just like, oh, we don't know what to do. Yeah. But we're going to work it out. It's like overcompensating yeah. at every time. Like, oh, you want this? Okay, we're going to give you all of this. You know, exactly. But it was just, it was just such a battle and it was just such a trying to find the right levels of where I should be and how what would work. Um, so, you know, after like a few years of being on estrogen, I just decided to, all right, you know, because they always tell you. You should be on hormones for a few years so you can see where your breast development is at before you get breast implants. Yes. So I had been on hormones for about 11, 12 years, give or take. Um, and I was just like, all right, it's time for me to get breast implants. But it was a process. I want, I had, I literally sat at my table and I made out this entire map, my transitioning map. Okay. And I knew that in order to get my gender marker changed in New Jersey, I, at that time, yeah. I had to have a irreversible procedure, um, which is where my orchiectomy came into play. Yeah. I found a doctor in Michigan that I'm pretty sure is retired now. Because uh, when he did my procedure, he was in his 70s. Okay. Um, he did my procedure for $4,500. And okay. he didn't require any therapist letters. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So he saved me money in the long run because to get all those therapy letters is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I went to him, paid for that procedure, and um, came back to New Jersey with the paper uh, stating that I had had an irreversible procedure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had gender reassignment surgery. So I was able to present that paper for my birth certificate. And get my gender marker on my birth certificate changed to female. Word. So now my... And so at the same time I was doing that process, I had legally gotten my name changed. Okay. And legally had uh, had my uh, gender marker changed on my driver's license. So now all of my documentation says and, female. And your social security card? Social security card. Yeah. Everything says female now. But... I, the one thing that I'm so proud of and so amazed is that my birth certificate says female yeah. and it says that it is a copy of the original copy 
And I just love that. That's amazing. You know, it, yeah. it is a copy of the original copy that's with the, uh, I guess, whoever holds, what is it, Vital Statistics that holds birth Ye- certificates. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, it says female. Yeah. And I, I just love that. And so whenever I'm like misgendered, I'm like, baby, my birth certificate says female, honey. Uh, are, are you misgendered a lot? No, uh, give or take the setting. Really? Give or take oh. the setting. Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you're gorgeous, so like, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that I'm, uh, I lo- I'm, you know, gorgeous as well. But, you know, there are some features about me that, you know, uh, makes me clockable to certain people. Or sometimes when I'm talking, or, you know, my voice make it a little deep. And, okay. you know, some things that give me away. Sometimes people take a double look at me. For the most part, um, I don't get misgendered or disrespected in any way shape or form unless it's somebody i know and are making it a point to be disrespectful oh god yeah so but for the most part i get soccer mom you know or (laughs) or like the crazy aunt or it's it's absolutely ridiculous like okay and i like that yeah I, i tell people all the time like you know i'm a plus size girl um with a big heart and a big mouth and i i like that i'm the aunts or I like that I am the 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 crazy person that you can come talk to who's funny and, and things like that. And you're very exuberant as well. Yes, I try. I try <laughs> I try to be very extra and loud and <laughs> that, that's just what I do. I'm very extra. Um Yeah, so that's that's what I do. Alright. So like in terms of the uh the people who are actually like making a point to disrespect for you mm-hmm. disrespect you mm-hmm. in that way how do you how do you respond to that? How do you react to that? How often does that even happen? Like, uh, is it is it family members? Is it coworkers? No. The, so the thing is, is that I have the most wonderful family. That's fantastic. I and and that goes to say that I don't socialize or speak with my mother. I don't have a relationship with my mother, okay. and I don't have a relationship with my brother and sister. Um, but it's that's. They're not my family. Okay. They're related, but they're not my family. Yeah, blood doesn't always um, make family. My cousins. I have three of the most wonderful cousins and their kids and and their you know, husband and boyfriend. I adore them. They're my family. They call and text and they check up on me. They are my support system. Um, I am loved by many people mm-hmm. and it, it, it extends from blood. Like, it's just, I have so many people who care about me and love me and support me um, who aren't even blood related. Mm-hmm. So It's amazing how much that actually has to happen. Yes. And, and, I mean, I often say, and I've said this before, being trans is not for the weak. It is not for the weak. You mm-hmm. cannot be weak and be trans because you will break. Yeah. You will break. This is not a life... For you to care what people think about you. Oh, yeah, you can't. Um, so when it comes to people misgendering me and people being disrespectful, I have to sit back and ask myself, why is this person being rude? Mm-hmm. Why is this person being disrespectful? And it always tends to lead back to lack of education, lack of manners, lack of respect. And Are you talking about education in terms of uh, knowledge or knowledge of trans people? Knowledge of trans people. Sometimes even knowledge, period. Like, you know, half these people who want to judge and have so much to say know nothing. They can barely read. Yeah. You know, most of their statements and or knowledge comes from he said, she said. Yeah. So again, um, you know, it's, it's a lack of all of the above. And I come to the conclusion that I can't care what people think. Mm hmm. When I transitioned, I didn't transition for you. Yeah. I transitioned for me. Yes. So when people know that I'm trans, that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't bother me at all. I, 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 I love being a transgender woman. That's amazing. Because you cannot take that from me. Yeah. I am a, yes, you can say, do the whole argument of female, male, blah, blah, blah. I am a transgender woman. And the reason why I'm a transgender woman is because I live my life as a woman. And I just happen to have a different journey than most cisgender people. Yeah. But that doesn't make you any less of a woman. Doesn't make me any less of a woman. Doesn't make me any less important in in the whole grand scheme of things. Agreed. You know, so when you 
are in a in this position, you cannot care what people think. You cannot make it a priority to look for uh, validation through others. True. You have to be able to look into the mirror and validate yourself. Very true. Very true. Well said. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. I, I worked hard on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, did she rehearse this? Like, this is a lot. Right? Um, you like that, though, right? I do. Look That's nice. I'm Just... running for president 2020. <laughs> I'll vote for you. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Need a good sassy president. Oh, he's not ready. He's not ready. Um, no, not at all. Um, you were talking about um, not being able to be weak Mm-mm. to have this life. No. And what, at what point in your life do you think you had to be the strongest when it comes to being trans? I think that people... So, so this, is, this was my drawing point. Um, and I think that this comes with age. And I think it comes from experience and walking in your truth. Um, as you experience things, as you come out and educate yourself, and as, as you're navigating through this planet, you realize that there are a lot of ignorant people around you. There are a lot of rude people around you. And a lot of that is because they're lost. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that when you're trans, most people think that trans people transition out of self-hate. It's not that way. Trans people transition out of love. They love themselves. It's self-love to transition. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just fueled by the dysphoria that some of us have. Not all of us have dysphoria. Yeah, true. But it's it's fueled by by whatever fuels us. Some of us is dysphoria. Some of us is other reasons. Um, So when it comes to loving myself and coming to that point, I just realized that so many people were just ill-informed and it... It became, it came to a point where I realized I had to stop educating people who did not want to be educated. Okay. So I had to just stand in my truth and I learned to love myself. My cousin once told me, you need a, um, what is that board called? Um, when you put things on there that you want or what you feel about yourself. What are they, what is that called? Like a cork board? It's, it's a cork board, but you put like things that you want in the future, things you want to accomplish. Okay. I, what is that called? I, ooh, um, I have no idea, actually. It's an image board? Not an image board. A um... future board. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. Um, but, you know, I, you, I started putting little sayings on my mirror, and my cousin told me that. She's like, you need to visualize what it is you want you need to uh start telling yourself what it is you want you need to start expressing it and living it and she was right because when i started writing little sayings on my mirror my mirror um stating that you're worth it um this is me Mm -hmm. um one of the sayings i have up there is in reference to my mother because uh my mother who had addiction issues who had men issues who have moral issues you know my mother was a very difficult person to interact with and grow up with um you know especially with me being trans and things like that but one of my sayings on my mirror is you are the daughter of iris c montez if you can survive her you can survive anything and it's just reminding of my, reminding myself that I'm worth it, and that, that I'm worthy, and that I'm strong. And again, you're you take it day by day, mm-hmm. and every day that you survive is another notch in your belt. True. And you know, and it's sad, but in the trans community, I'm I'm basically an elder at 36. You know, because we don't last long, especially we trans don't. women of color. Yes. You know, the suicide rates in the trans community are, are astounding, even though the government wants to ignore it. Yep. Um, also, black trans women of color are more likely to be murdered yep. than any other minority group in this country. True. So the average lifespan for a woman of color, a trans woman of color, is 35 years. Oh. So a day lived is another notch in my belt. True. So, and that's what keeps me strong. I survived another day. I'm smart. I'm educated. I'm loved. And I survived another day. So, to save myself, to love myself, I removed myself. Great decision. Yeah. It's great decision. And, and it's, it, it, I'm sure it's not always easy. But when you're around that kind of toxicity, mm-hmm. it 
it just becomes the last option that you have left. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fight for survival. Yeah. You know, and which is essentially all of a trans person's life in general sometimes. Yes. yes. Um, and that's the sad thing because no one teaches you how to be trans. No one t- teaches you how to transition. So you're literally in an, an un- you're literally in an uncomfortable state of being before your transition and then to find yourself, which is a journey within itself. You know, I, I tell people all the time, trans people for the most part live a lifetime within their transition to find themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you to, to, there are some of us who transition early. There are some of us who transition later in life. Yeah. But for this, we, you live a, a full lifetime just trying to find yourself and to transition. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes that's not even any different. I mean, it's a different journey, but it's not any different than some cis people and what they have to go through because some cis people don't even know who they are. Or Oh, they spend their whole lives not knowing who ex- they are. Exactly. They spend their whole lives being lost. And I think that that's the reason why so many people have negative viewpoints of trans people. Besides miseducation, I feel like there's a lot of jealousy there. Yeah. You know, because if we're so... Whatever ha- whatever negative view they have on us, if we're so whatever, why do you care? Yeah. Why do you care? Why do you waste your time and energy on making fun of trans people or speaking negatively about them? Why do you care? We haven't bothered you before, but I think the problem is is that they realize that you, you're happier. You found yourself. We you, know who we are. You are literally navigating through your life and not caring what other people think. Which is a hard time for a lot of people that do care what other people think. And sometimes it takes a lifetime for people to learn and trans people do it. Yeah. You know, it's not easy. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy. But no. we, like I said, we live a lifetime up until our transition. And yes. then, you know, once you're at that mental state of where you're comfortable with your transition and you're, you're, you're at peace with yourself, um, then it's just smooth sailing from there. Because I tell people too, you know, me being trans was the hardest thing of my life. Mm-hmm. But anything else is just downhill from here. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I have no... People say I'm very blunt. People say that I am very... Uh, I've been told I'm confrontational sometimes. And it's not that I'm confrontational. It's just that I don't care. Yeah. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to sugarcoat things. Yeah. And it is what it is. You know, I it took me a long time to get here. Mm-hmm. And I'm here. Okay, so getting past, like, the family stuff, uh, because you obviously have the members of your family that do care about you. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of support from them. I have them. a wonderful support system. Let's get into stuff like dating, because dating for a trans person can be a little difficult. I know I had um, an OkCupid profile, and it said it was trans, you know, it said it was, I was trans, it said I was trans on there, uh-huh. but, you know, a lot of girls didn't read that, yeah. so I would have to end up coming out to them every single no time. No one ever reads the fine print. Yeah, no. And it's, it's even funny. The, even the heading. Like, it was in my header. My even name is Haley. Heading. I am a trans woman, and nobody yes, read it. Even the heading. They just, like, they just completely ignore it. Yeah, and then, so I'd tell them, and then they would just ghost me. Mm-hmm. So I can understand how... Yeah dating as a trans woman could be difficult how is it for you so dating is the absolute worst yeah i am 36 years old and i have only been in one relationship my entire life it lasted one year he cheated on me constantly oh and um i was in my i was 20 i was 20 when that happened um and i was able to after that one year, uh, I was just able to, I knew that that's not what I wanted. Um, I was able to move on from that. Um, since then, it's been hit or miss. Like, I've dated. I, I've had moments of being very slutatious. <laughs> I, it wasn't until the last four years that I decided that I did not want to be sexually active anymore. So I've pretty much have just remained abstinent. I date and I I try to get to know men, but the sexual stigma that follows trans women is just 
so disrespectful. Oh, yeah. it's And it's so absurd. And I hate that men, their hidden agenda to date me or to get to know me or to talk to me is literally just to get me in bed. You know, they're, they're saying or they're doing anything possible just to get me in bed. Which is crazy because yes. you wouldn't even think that that, yes. like... <sighs> you know, and I hate that, you know, um, that as, as a trans woman, I hate that your immediate thought process goes to something sexual because I'm so more than sex. So people are actually shocked when I tell them I haven't had sex in four years. Yeah. People are actually... Their minds are blown. Like, well, why would you do this and, and not have sex? Why would I? And I tell people all the time, I transitioned for me. I didn't transition to share my body with someone else. Yeah. You know, and it's for me. What do you think it is that makes them, you know, have their first thought be to get you in bed? What What do you think? I think it's the sexual stigma that's affiliated with us. I mean, for years, society just viewed trans people as a fetish. Yes. They viewed us as a... um I mean, even to this day, if you look at the statistics with porn, trans porn is the the number one. You know, oh, trans porn is is number one on the list because we're such a taboo. And I have never understood how we're such a taboo. Like so many people have this misconception that trans is a new thing. Trans has been here since the dawn of time. There yeah. are trans people all throughout history, scattered yeah. throughout history. We've been kings, queens. We've been royalty. We've been um considered gods we've been religious icons like trans people are all throughout history we're in different cultures and things like that so i and i i often wonder how did we go from being so popular and polarized like we were all over the place and religion and christianity came in and took everything away yeah um and you know we we were prosecuted and we were you know basically living off of scraps and fighting for our lives and things like that and some of us were so scared to transition and we stopped for a while some of us transitioned in different ways um but we have a history we have a rich history and it's just do you do you see christianity and their influences as like the turning point like I think the dawn religion of christianity religion period re- religion period i think um I've never un- like I've never understood how people can follow a religion that condemns so many, and yet it's impossible to follow and preach love and preach preach love, but kill this, kill that, rape this. It's okay to have a slave or two. Yeah, you know, like burn some women you know, just because burn women. If you have a period, cast them outside the village. Like it, I've never understood how something can say, "Yeah, love thy neighbor," but unless <laughs> unless, and I I hate that you know. Uh, the LGBT community and whatever many letters after that. Um, I hate that we have gone to the top of that list of persecution. I hate that because it's like, you know, how is it that it's okay to murder over being LGBT? Mm-hmm. How is it okay to cheat and then be LGBT? Like, I, I don't Or, like... you know, fondle little boys or oh, girls. Exactly. And, and my thing is, is that, you know, I, I took a world civilization class last semester and one of my main arguments in class was that religion has killed more people throughout history than any disease known to man oh yeah than any uh uh uh, any natural disaster religion more people have died under the the guise of the disguise of religion than mm-hmm. anything else. Mm-hmm. It's disgusting. It yeah. is absolutely disgusting. It's Wars have been fought over religion, and yet the Crusades. And yet, religion cannot be proven. It's an opinion. I, I, I also don't understand why you need some intangible figure, some intangible father figure, or whatever, to mm-hmm. just be a decent person to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I can do that all mm-hmm. on my own. And not even give a crap whether you're black, white, Asian, trans, lesbian, gay. You're just a person. But if you're an asshole of a person, then I'm not going to really like you. And I think, you know, to clear something up, I'm not against religion. Yeah. I think that if religion serves as something positive in your life, then go for it. Yes. I'm all for people believing in something if it helps them to cope with their day-to-day life. Gotcha. So. Word. Yeah. 
Um, so I want. Oh, wait, but how did we go from there from dating? I know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what? Yeah. When it comes to, I think uh, the stigma with with trans people and 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 being a fetish, it's all based off of the the taboo that's associated with it because it's such a taboo to to be attracted to you know trans women and trans people are some of the most beautiful people i've ever seen i mean we some of us transition so well and Mm -hmm. and are just so thank you (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) some of us are just so openly accepting and loving and and we're beautiful souls and we transition beautifully. So I think that when they see us and they're just like, you know, some of us embody this femininity and some of us embody some masculine features, you know, because I know some trans people who are trans women who are happy having some masculine features about themselves. Yeah. You know, and and to each his own. I don't, I don't care. I don't judge. My embodiment of what I think is a woman is, is softness. It's it's being voluptuous. It's being curvy. It's being soft and feminine. Yeah. Um and that's just my thing. I don't knock other people for, for their choices or, or how they how they perceive themselves. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that when men see softness and the idea of having a penis, I think that um it's a taboo and they want to sample that. You know, because I can't express to you how many men you know, probably a good 98% of the men that hit on me or are attracted to me are only attracted to me because I'm trans and might have a penis. That's, that still boggles my mind. Yeah. Maybe because I'm a lesbian, so I'm like, the penis doesn't even like, yeah. <laughs> like come into my just mind. Like, <laughs> no penis for me over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm know, good, thank you. you. Know, but I'll it, have the seafood it's, platter. It's insulting. And unfortunately, part of my dysphoria has to do with my genitalia, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not that I, you know, if I ever ended up in a relationship or anything like that, um, it's not that I, I would want to cut that off from, for, you know, from uh, cut access off from that to my partner. It's just I I don't want that to be the main purpose of you being with me. Yes. You know, I can hold a conversation. I'm funny. I, I can bring things to the table. I work hard. I go to school, you know? And the fact that you are only... Uh, you are obsessed only with an appendage. It's absolutely it's objectification. Yes, you and men love to objectify. They do it with women and they do it with trans women. Yeah. So hey, there's another way to bridge the gap between cis and trans. Yeah, no we both objectified. Yeah, yeah, no matter where you're at. Yeah, that's why that's we're both why, objectified. That's why I'm you know? a feminist. And then and but the changes between before and pre-transition and post-transition, I mean, are astounding too. You know, so it's... What, what do you mean by that? So, you know, like, before going through with my transition when I, you know, presented male, mm-hmm. um, you know, I didn't get the sensitivity that I get from men. I didn't get the door holding. I didn't get the, I'll pay for that for you. I didn't, yeah. I didn't get any of... Chivalry. Uh, chivalry. I didn't get any of the, oh, baby, sweetie, none of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and after my transition and, you know, I started presenting as, as female and, and living my life as a female, it, it came very naturally to me. Yeah. Very naturally. And, <laughs> and, um, and I try to embody femininity, like, to the fullest. That's what I love. That's, that's what I love. You yeah. know, that's just my opinion of myself. I love high heels. I love oh, a power suit on a woman. I love big hair, long nails. Uh-huh. And I love makeup. Yes. And I love eyelashes. It's just what I do. It's what I love. Uh-huh. So when I see that men respond to that, and what I mean by response to that, they hold the door. They're, hi, ma'am, how are you? And they're like, miss this, miss that. If I'm upset, you know, what's wrong, sweetie? Yeah. You know, so I I, I wasn't expecting that to happen. Yeah. So it's, it's refreshing, yet scary. Yes. You because know? you never know why they're even pulling yeah. an interest. But then it also makes me want to be, why I have to be aware of my own body language and my own uh, uh, how I respond to men because I didn't realize that smiling at a guy meant that I wanted to fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I mean, like, at this like, point, like, looking like, at them is yes. like, oh, shit, she want to jump on this dick? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. like, 
it is amazing how you know it, you know I'm a very affectionate person so I'm constantly touching people yeah and it, that's just me being nurturing and like I love interacting with people but I didn't realize that me touching a man on his shoulders oh god oh yeah you just hit first base exactly like oh he thinks he's in now you know <laughs> You know, it's just, it's absolutely mind-boggling that the slightest gesture that I do means that I want it. Yes. And that's not true. Yeah, no. See, for me, like, I really, like, I had to temper myself at the same time because I'm very, I don't want to say I'm frail, like, Mm -hmm. I have bigger arms, whatever, but, like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to invite anything way Mm -hmm. for me to be in danger because I feel like I can put myself in danger easily very easily Easily. you know and and that's that's the difference like you said between you know before and after before people think like oh well you know that presenting male is small but Mm -hmm. he could probably like handle himself Well, Whereas. not even that because then it's just it's just that barrier up, you know. Yeah. It's like I don't have to respond to that. But the second something feminine comes along and and oh, yeah, you know, because... is presenting female and it's what you're attracted to, you know, you fall into that whole uh, uh, stigma that women face. You yeah. know, if a guy does something for you, it's because he wants something. If if he if you act a certain way, you know, it, unfortunately, you fall into that. Yeah. You you know, it's like. Depending on what you're wearing, oh, you you're asking for attention. You know, yeah. I've had that. Like, you know, I had my my breast done a few years ago. Not a few years ago, a year and a half ago, maybe almost two. September it'll be two years. So I'm just playing with my time here. I have horrible time management. <laughs> um, you know, when I there was one day I went out and I wore a very low cut top, and the amount of attention that my breast received. Yes. From strangers, from, from, you know, people and they're, and they're, and I'm just like, and it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. So when I was just like, oh, I don't like the attention that I'm receiving. They're like, well, you're basically asking for it because of oh, what you're wearing. God, I hate that. Like, no, we're, no, we're not peacocking here. Exactly. Like, wh- <laughs> Peacocking. Like, <laughs> peacocking. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a saying. Peacocking. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and here I, I, I wore what I wore because I liked the way it looked on me. Yes, I liked the way it made it me for feel. You. Exactly. But I didn't realize I was going to attract all this sexual energy and attention. Yeah. And so, do you think, no question, do you think that you didn't even like think about it or realize it because you weren't socialized growing up? Exactly. You know, you know, young cisgender girls are raised better be careful guys men do this men do that boys do this you know they're prepared from and it's a lot to put on a child yes you know a female child and it sucks that you even have to do that in general you you can't wear this you can't do that you got to be careful you can't go out after a certain time you know you can't like your cisgender women at a young age are throughout their life are prepared and and told about what to be weary of when it comes to men and unfortunately trans people again depending on when you transition you're not trained you're not prepared no you know you are you're, you're learning as you go and you're you're doing your research and things like that and you know unfortunately once you transition and you're presenting in a certain way in a certain light um you just get it you just yeah. automatically fall into that and it's scary it is and it's you know there are times when i'm like I cross the street now when there's a group of guys. Yeah. And it's so crazy because I do it more so because I, I present as female, not because I'm trans. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Like, it, it, it more so, like, I'm more worried about Be- them hitting on me because I'm a woman yes. than I am about because I'm trans. Because once they start hitting on you, mm-hmm. and then if they do do something, then mm-hmm. you start worrying about whether or not exactly. they're going to do something more to you because exactly. of your trans. Exactly. So, you know, it, I, I didn't realize all of this during my transition. It wasn't until I started experiencing. It's like, oh, I love that he held the door for me. Yeah. I love that he pulled the chair out for me. I love that he offered to pay for me. And let me tell you something. I've gotten more free shit <laughs> now than I ever did before. Where do people get this free shit? Because nobody ever give. Like, yeah, I get the doors, but nobody gives no, me free shit. I've had people buy me coffee. I've had people pay for my food. I, I went to return my books to, and I looked like shit that day. Like that day I had on a hat. It was freezing outside. I had on this big ass coat and I was talking to this guy at this FedEx uh, facility and um, 
I think it was like $30 to send my books back to, because I have rented them. So I had to, it was like $30 for packaging and delivery and all that stuff. Yeah. And the guy was like, he and I were talking, we were laughing and interacting. And, and he's just like, ma'am, it's okay. I'll pay for it. I'm like, wait, what? Like, no, you don't have to do that. I have the money. He's just like, no. He's like, this is just me being nice. And I'm like, I've never gotten that before. <laughs> never. You know what? Maybe it's because I don't talk to people anymore because I've closed myself off a lot. Like uh, my you're my shaded. General, oh yeah. Like I'm mad ever since I got harassed. Yeah. Really, um, like I job. Yeah, from my job, my electrical job, yeah. I just closed myself off. And like I think that people can outwardly feel that. And yeah, yeah, and see me transitioning has opened me up a lot. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I'll talk to anybody and everybody, you yeah. know, and then there are people who don't know that I'm trans and once they find out I'm trans, they're like, what? <laughs> I've No got, way. I've gotten that. Really? Too. And I'm just like, yeah, like, what does that change? Yeah. And they're like, and I've had people like this one girl in my class is just like, oh, but you're so pretty. And I'm just like, like trans women aren't pretty. What were you expecting, bitch? Like, right? Like, <laughs> my God, Laverne Cox is gorgeous. Yes. Jamie, Jamie Clayton from Sense8. Yes. Carmen she, Electra. Oh, like, my God. Gorgeous. Oh, my gorgeous. God. Gorgeous. And I'm just sitting back like, what were you expecting? I never would have guessed. Wait, did you just say Carmen Electra? I'm not Carmen Electra, Lord. <laughs> Carmen, um... I was like, What's wait. her name? Carmen, um... What's her name? The one I that was on RuPaul's Drag Race. Carmen oh, Carrera. Carrera. Yes. I was going to say Barrera. Carrera. You... Carmen Carrera. I was close. Y'all got the gist. <laughs> Carmen Electra is not trans. I was like, <laughs> wait, you just blew my mind. No, 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 no. Lord. <laughs> She's probably... I hope she does something good to her. <laughs> but <laughs> Carmen Carrera. Um, Even but... Jazz Jennings. Jazz Jennings. Jazz in and Jennings. Herself, and, like... and, and I think also, too... Um, Extending from like all of this stuff, I think that trans people need to to be okay with certain things as okay. far as our our parents our appearance are concerned. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are some things that bother us, and I get that. Um, but I think that with love and with with acceptance, you learn to accept certain things about yourself, and you become okay with it. I actually had um, something like you had about your your positive sayings. Mm -hmm. Um, I was having a lot of problems with my self-esteem at Mm -hmm. one point. And one of the things that um, somebody suggested of me is, you know, take mind of all those those compliments, those random compliments Mm -hmm. that you get. And start putting them on post-its and put them on your, your mirror. Well, that was and the I thing. And I would do the Like, same whenever thing. my gender dysphoria would kick the fuck in, and I'm just sitting there like, oh my god. Yeah. I just want to end it. And then it was just like, oh, I'm done. And then it's just like, you know, people are like, oh, you're beautiful, or you're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had guys who told me, like, you know, if I wasn't married, like, I would oh, wow. wife you up in a second. And I'm just sitting there like, well, wait a minute, like... Me? Like me? Are you talking to somebody? You know? But then it's so crazy, too, because once I tell back onto the whole trans fetish things, like, I can't express to you how many men have told me, you know, uh, that they wanted to, they love me or or they care about me or they love um, certain aspects of my personality. They love that I cook. They love that I'm clean. They love that I take care of myself. Um... I take pride in my looks and stuff, but the second they find out I'm trans, they that automatically disqualifies me from being in a relationship. It's disgusting. That automatically disqualifies well, me. Well, because at that point, they mm-hmm. they don't see themselves probably as being with a trans person. Mm-hmm. But hey, if they can still get their fucking, mm-hmm. if they can still get snob, slob on their knob like corn on the cob, mm-hmm. like. But it all and that's what drives me crazy, and that's why I've remained single for sixteen years is because if I like. If you cannot invest time in me, yeah. if you cannot invest energy in me, if you cannot uh, 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 treat me how you would, in a respectful manner, other women that mm-hmm. you want to, cisgender women that you would want to date, then we don't need to be dating. Exactly. We, and you know, we're not having sex. Yes. Um, because I don't reward uh, uh, assholes with or, sex. Yeah, you or know, you're not going to Yeah, exactly. You're not going to use me for my body and 
live out uh, live out your fantasies and your your oh I slept with a, a trans person or, or you yeah know, no, take a notch off your your list or whatever you know, oh my god I was so wild I slept with a you know a tranny I know a lot of people don't like that term but tranny it, yeah it's just, but it's used yeah. derogatorily you know and it's it I don't want to be that notch on someone's bedpost you yeah. know so I, again if I don't see effort on your part if I don't see energy if I don't see uh time spent and there are certain tasks that i have in place when i date guys you know and mm-hmm. and i and i count points you know <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> okay he took me out in public all right so how close are we to your home because you know a lot of guys will take you out in public but you're like miles away from their home yeah so you know things like that you i pay attention to you yeah. know how he acts with me in public i pay attention to like is he walking 10 paces in front of me is he like you know three yards away from me like yeah that you know i i i pay attention to all of that you know when because we, you have to Exactly, because that tells you where his mindset is at. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I've come to realize when it comes to men is men are full of shit. Oh, oh you know, yeah. men will tell you one thing and do the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was dating this guy um, a long, long, long time ago. And um, this fool, like, we had a wonderful. And this is during my hoe days. Uh, <laughs> this is during my 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 Your when I was phase. my hoe phase, and I was sexually active. But I was sexually active with him. Okay. And we were very. Uh, we were spending every day together. I was. We were going out. He introduced me to his mother. He uh, was in the process of a divorce with his wife. At that time, he they were separated. Yeah. I um, mean, he was in the process of a divorce. I was helping him with his paperwork and everything to get a divorce. Um. He was very everything that I wanted, and you know he, as far as how he was treating me and things like that, we would stay up and watch movies and things like that, and then um, I he asked if we could be in a committed relationship. Okay. And I was just like, oh wow, like I wasn't expecting that, um, you know. And I told him, I'm just like, you know, I'm all for it. However, you know, because I have abandonment issues. You know, because so many men come into my life and then leave mm-hmm. abruptly. Yeah. So I, I remember telling him, like, you know, we can do this, but you have to, if this becomes too much for you, too much for you to deal with. Because I realized that me being trans, I know it's hard for me, mm-hmm. but it's also for those, it's also hard for those people who are in your life. It's yes. also hard for those people who are, you're intimate with because they can suffer consequences because of you being trans. Yes. So I, I told him like, you know, at one point or if, if at one point this becomes too much for you, mm-hmm. do not up and leave. Send me a text message, call me, talk me, talk to me and just say, Hey, this is too much. I can't deal. Mm-hmm. And I can respect that. Yeah. And I'll be more than willing to just like let you go and not have any hard feelings. Um, and he agreed to that. He was just like, oh, you know, definitely it's not a problem. You know, I, I you know, I care about you and things going on and on and on. So everything remained normal for about two weeks and we were just having a good time. And then one day, one morning I sent him a text message and he didn't respond. Mm-mm. That afternoon, I sent him another text message, didn't respond. That evening, I called him, didn't answer. Oh, God. Um, Next day, same thing. Third day, when I went to call him, his phone was disconnected. So I went to his mother's house, and I'm just like, hey, you know, sorry to bother you. Um, Have you seen your son, blah, blah, blah. And she's like... Oh, honey, he left. And I'm like, what do you mean he left? And she's like, he went to Florida with his wife. They're working things out. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Plot twist. Yes. So he had went to Florida to work things out with his wife. Now, the shade of the matter is, you know, it took me a few weeks to get over him, but I eventually got over him. I was just more hurt at the lack of communication than anything. Yeah. But... It took me a few weeks to get over him, but a few months later, the shade of it all, things did not work out with his wife. Oh, God. And he was back in New Jersey, and guess who he was trying to get back with? Of course. So, you know, but me being the strong black woman that I am, (laughs) me being the strong, strong woman of color that I am, 
I, I, you know, I entertained a conversation with him and, you know, he was doing everything possible to try, saying everything possible to try to weasel his way back into my life. But at the end of the day, I always brought myself back to that question, you know, I'm going to love myself more than I love you mm-hmm. and, or care about you. And then I chose myself. So I let him go. And that, that took a lot of strength. It did. Yeah. It's, it's a good call. I'm strong. I'm strong. <laughs> I have to, uh, I have to wind it down, but, mm-hmm. and if you're interested, you don't have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just going to ask about, uh, your process in terms of, uh, surgical, because okay. I know that, and you don't have to talk about it cause obviously it's your body, your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you mentioned you had orchiectomy done. Yes. You mentioned that you had, you know, breast augmentation. Mm-hmm. Um, now your in the process of looking for someone to do bottom surgery? Yes. Okay. So I actually have a um, consultation with Dr. Rumor uh, in March. Okay. And I am hoping that, you know, this gets done. Um, I'm hoping that my insurance steps in and does what they're supposed to do. Yes. You know, because there's always, you never know. You never know. You never know with insurance companies. Like, they'll approve something with one doctor and then they won't approve it with another doctor. Yep. You know, they'll, they'll pay for Viagra for this person, but then they won't cover your hormones. Like, it's, it's, it's just touch and go when it comes to insurance companies. Is this your first consultation? No, this is my second consultation. Okay. And the first one was with? Uh, the doctor in New York at Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Okay, yeah. That's uh, a place I've... Which charges like $60,000, for the procedure, which is ridiculous. Jesus, $60,000, $70,000. Yes, yes. Um, and, and, yeah. So, which really made me not want to go there. And is that without insurance? Like, was your insurance going to cover any of that? So, apparently, I was informed that my insurance would cover it. However, I had a $5,000 deductible. Okay. That I had to complete within one year. Um, Which is ridiculous. So, I'm hoping that it's more reasonable at Dr. Rumors. Yeah. Um, And... So I want vaginoplasty and or gender reassignment surgery, mm-hmm. and then I also want to get uh, some things done uh, facially. Okay, you know, so like some fat transfer, some liposuction, some, you know, just more feminine features on my face. Okay, I mean, um, I think that your face is beautiful. Thank you, I, I appreciate that, uh, but it's just more so for self. Yes, you know? so because yes. I know you see your, you always see yourself. Yeah. I do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I tear myself apart. But again, I, I say all those little mantras in my mirror. And I, mm-hmm. Oh, you're beautiful. <laughs> um, what has, like, was there, were you always planning on getting um, the GRS? Yes. Always. Yes, it's never been a doubt in my mind. From I've the... always wanted a vagina. <laughs> I've always wanted a vagina. From the very moment. From even before the moment. Oh, wow. Like, Growing up, when I was a kid, I, I, I remember when my um, mom used to, my sister and I, my young, my sister was two years younger than me. Mm-hmm. I remember we used to bathe together to save on water. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, we would be in the tub together and she had a vagina. I had did a not. penis. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> so I remember I used to tuck my penis between my legs, pretending that I had a vagina. Oh, shit. And again, I was a kid. Like, yeah. I was like... Maybe three years old, yeah, four years old, depending. Um, and my sister is just like you know, she's all. I used to think that my sister stole my body. Oh my god! <laughs> like, growing body up, body snatchers. I thought <laughs> I I used to hate her so much because I thought that she stole my body. Oh my god! I'm like, no, that's my body. Like she's <laughs> she's walking away with my vagina. Get that back. <laughs> like I used to think, even up until like my 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 preteen years. I used to think that my sister stole my body. Oh my God. I was so upset at her. I'm like, you fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how dare you? That's so, that's, because even on the last episode that we had, when when I was talking to Sandra, she said that she was doing research and Mm -hmm. the thing that she found out is like, there are usually, generally, for trans people, Mm -hmm. two times that trans people realize that they're trans. Mm -hmm. The first one is, um... One of them is puberty, mm-hmm. like when you go through puberty, mm-hmm. and the other one is like literally as soon as you can talk, you're like, nope, I'm this gender. Mm-hmm. And I guess for you, it was the... Oh, I knew. Yeah. I knew. Oh, I mean, there's also been studies done that most transgender people know that they're trans when they're around three or four. Yeah. You know, so I, I knew 
that I was not supposed to be a boy. Yeah. I knew it. And then it was just like, oh my God. And then puberty was just like a fucking disaster. Oh God. Puberty, it was just like hair here, hair there, <laughs> facial hair. And I was just like, no. Oh God. No, not me. <laughs> you know, and then I used to be so insulted when people would say I look like my father. Oh. Oh my God. It was the worst. So the surgery at New York, Mount Sinai, uh-huh. sixty, seventy thousand dollars, yes. and you're hoping that in March you get a better, better, a deal, better, a better deal, deal on a vagina. And, you, know, on the, you know, I don't care if it's made from China. Like I just, <laughs> I just want a a vagina, yeah. and I've always wanted a vagina. I, you know, I hate that I have to tuck. I hate that. Um, when I go swimming or when I'm interacting in bathrooms and things like that, that I have to. Um, worry about, you know, that. Yeah. I, I call her Esther. <laughs> I hate that I, I was have gonna... I hate that I have to worry about Esther. You have to worry about <laughs> Esther. Oh my god. Now is that gonna be your name for My vagina. Your vagina? Yeah, yeah it's She's gonna, gonna carry be over. old and sturdy. Oh my <laughs> Old and sturdy, like a see, good Chevy. See my... <laughs> Like a good Chevy. Oh my God! Mm. See mine. <laughs> I call her Esther. Mine's gonna be a charmed one. It's lit. Mine is literally gonna be called the charmed one. But you know, I haven't even gone swimming like lately. Like I don't uh-huh. go swimming, and if I do, I wear like um like uh booty shorts, I guess. Uh-huh. Like where they're a little bit looser, yeah. and it I. Because I can't do mm. it. I can't even. I wore it. a one piece bathing suit with a plunging top, uh, a plunging V in the front, and. Um, I've never in my life felt so free yet so vulnerable. Yeah, you know, and and it's like it just takes one good wave to knock <laughs> to <laughs> one good wave to knock shit out of where it's uh-huh. supposed to be. You know, and I'm like, I I understand why my sister and, and my mom would never go in the water. You can go from be feeling like Baywatch to feeling like Shrek. Like, <laughs> you can. It's horrible. One good strong wave and uh-huh. this is going to fuck all shit up. But yeah, but this is one of the things that I think that cis people don't even like consider is that mm. like we do limit ourselves at the mm. same time from like just the the, I, the the terror of walking into a bathroom mm. or even just walking into the water and then being like, oh, well, Well, that's one of the that. reasons why I won't go into a gym locker room. Yes, I would never. So I, 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 I pay religiously yeah. monthly for my... <laughs> gym membership uh-huh. but I won't go to the gym because I'm scared that if I have to go into the women's locker room then I'm gonna be met with some form of confrontation yeah. or that you know I can't just go in there and not worry about planet I go to Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness. And I know yeah. they're very trans accepting. Yes. But I, I, I don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah, no. You know? At the same and, time because there was still that, that one story recently where the woman actually put up uh, a complaint to Planet Fitness yes. that there was a trans And they canceled the... her, her membership. Yeah. <laughs> the shade. The <laughs> like, shade of it all. <laughs> like, oh, you have a problem? Well, uh, literally, it's the judgment-free zone. I, you know. Yes, but it's... I, I, I won't go to a gym because after, if I have to go to the locker room. Afterwards, will you? After oh, yes. Oh, oh, afterwards, I'm, I'm, I'm walking everywhere but naked. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to get a peek at my vagina. <laughs> I told my girlfriend, I was like, the one thing I'm most excited mm. about after my surgery, mm-hmm. underwear shopping. Because I can. Yes! I, oh, my you, you God. You can buy underwear without it having to be spandex. Yes. Or, or, or having some type of restriction method to it. Yes. Like, it's, act, oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God. Just to, and to get I matching ha- bra and panty set. Oh, my God. What? Oh, God. Yes. And these are the things that cis people take for granted. Yes. Like, go buy your little bikini short yes. underwear. Meanwhile, my, and stuff like my that. bra is pink and my, my, my uh, spandex underwear is black, tan, or gray. Yes. Like, <laughs> Or oh white. Oh my god! Like it's absolutely crazy. It's but just uh, when I got my breast done, I was sending I, like pictures to to family members. So I'm just like, <laughs> look, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> like, I'm joining the club. You know, and I often joked around because it's like now my boobs actually match my nipples because before. You know, before my implants, I had, like, D-sized nipples on a cup breast. Oh, my God. Like, my nipples were huge. Like, third world country huge. <laughs> like, like, National Geographic Na- National Geographic's feeding hungry kids huge. <laughs> but my, my... On a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. Exactly. 25 cents a day. Like, 
But my breast tissue was that of an A cup with yeah. these D-sized nipples. Like, my nipples were huge. <laughs> and now that I have breasts, like, my nipples finally match my boobs. Awesome. So There you go. Yeah. So, I, I love it. And I was just, like, sending pictures to everyone. I'm so proud of my boobs. <laughs> That's fantastic. See, it, I love this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait to get my vagina because I'm flashing everyone. Oh, my God. And the I'm second, just going to get a picture and be like, oh, God. Yep. And, but the second I learn how to shoot ping pong balls out of it, oh my God. I'm in business. I can't. I am in business. You'll be a YouTube sensation. Yes. <laughs> Boop. Reap, Boop. Reach the masses. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait. It's such a life changer. It's going to be such sure. a life changer. And you know what? And maybe, you know, maybe once I get that completed or whatever, you know, maybe I might become sexually active again if I don't find a boyfriend. I might get me a friend or something. Because I'm going to need someone to worship it. No, yeah. you know? I'm going to need someone to bow someone down to, to, it. to bow down and, yeah. and kiss it. Kiss those lips, damn it. Kiss those lips. Use show, those lips on show those Show mama lips. how you love it. <laughs> You know, but yeah. Well, Kay, it has been absolutely lovely talking to you. And I really appreciate all your insights and your wisdom and your very unique and awesome point of view. And you're a really sweet woman. And I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking and sharing your viewpoint and your story. You're welcome. Your your journey. Thank you for sharing your journey. This is really easy for me. (laughs) This is what I do. What do you mean? I educate the masses. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Educating the uneducated and the ignorant. And, you know, even just like cis people that want to learn more Mm -hmm. about it and, you know, acknowledge their ignorance, which always has a negative connotation, mm-hmm. but it doesn't always have to. Like, yeah. you can be ignorant about something, but still want to learn. Yeah, exactly. You and know? I mean, how do you become unignorant? You learn. Exactly. You admit that you don't know, and you learn. Exactly. And I think that if people, if you're ignorant about something, you shouldn't speak on something. Agreed. So Definitely agreed. So hopefully, as I move forward and as I talk to more people, more people will see what it's like and actually learn something and really start to empathize and hopefully become allies to the community because we need as many as we can as long as we can. So thank you so much for joining me and thank you everyone for listening. Everyone have a good time Mm -hmm. and have a good day and, you know, keep trans people in mind. Uh, I'm Haley and see you next time. Bye bye.